Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 49. Hallelujah. And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and he said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed that they had seen the Spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Hallelujah. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. Why did he show them his hands and feet? The scars that was there. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. The scars that was there on account of me and on account of you. Fine. Hallelujah. Glory. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Verse 45 is very important. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, And thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Fathers, we come today. We thank you and we praise you for this day that you've enabled us to come together to think about the, the price that was paid for us. I thank you, Lord, for Calvary. I thank you for the suffering and the pain that should have been mine. I thank you for the resurrection. And now for the next few minutes as we attempt to minister to thy word, I ask God that you will open every heart that's here. God, speak to us today. Let us leave here with a refreshing hope. God, an assurance of how much you do truly indeed love each and every one of us. In Jesus Christ's holy name, let the church say amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. By the grace of God, I want to preach to you for the next few minutes on a subject titled and The Fact Which Changes Everything, He Is Alive. Hallelujah. The Fact Which Changes Everything, He Is Alive. Look at your neighbor and speak those three words to him. He is alive. 
And because he's alive, that changes everything. It changes everything. Today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. The one who came to earth to pay a debt he didn't owe. Yet he took upon himself the sins of us all. There's nobody here today who doesn't have sins in their life, in their past. Everybody in here has got things in their life, in their past, that you had rather forget about. Nobody has a, a right to pass a judgment on anybody else. Because the Word of God says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, He took care of that for me, and He took care of it for you. He took upon Himself the sins of the whole world. Now the rulers of that day from the Romans to the religious elite all thought they had stopped the man and his message when they crucified him. They thought they was rid of Jesus. It wouldn't take long that that name would be vanished away. Hallelujah. But down through the centuries those who have rejected him are haunted by the fact which changes everything. He is alive. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. I want to read something to you that I'm sure many of you have heard before. It came uh, from a sermon preached several years ago by the, a man by the name of Dr. James Allen Francis. During an Easter sermon such as this, he penned these words that have become quite famous. And I would like to share them here for you today. It's called One Solitary Life. Here is a man who was born in an obscure village the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 years old. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher traveling from place to place. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held any kind of office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot inside of a big city. And all of his life and his travels, he never traveled more than 200 miles away from the place that he was born. Think about that. Think about that. He never traveled more than 200 miles away from the place that he was born. He never did one of those things that usually accompany great men. 
He had no credentials. The only thing he had was himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property that he had on this earth, and that was his coat. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed tomb through the pity of a close friend. Nineteen long centuries have come and gone, and today he is the centerpiece of the human race and leader of the column of progress. Hallelujah. I am far, far uh, I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that I've ever marched, all the navies, amen, that has ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, and the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life. Let me hear, what is his name? Jesus. Why does the world hate that name so? Why does even religious people hate that name so? Hallelujah. Amen. People seem to, to discredit a little bit when you start saying it right. More and more. It's, it wasn't very too long. Not too long ago, a chaplain in our armed service was decommissioned because he refused to obey orders when they told him when you pray, do not pray your prayer and end it in the name of Jesus. He correctly told them, he said, unless you say in Jesus' name, it's not a real prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want me to tell you why I'm concerned about this once great nation of ours? that when another serious uh, thing takes place and we do enter uh, a, a, a third world war and it is coming, it is building up right now, it is on its way, why that I'm concerned is because our same, our same military today are also, and this I got this information, this is truth, they are even making the chaplains in the military take down the symbol of the cross on the tents. But yet, but yet, all other religions, especially the Islamic faith, everywhere you see are the images of it. But it doesn't matter what man may say. It doesn't matter what man may do. It still stands true today that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way that you can get to heaven is through him. There is no other way than the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you try to go some other way, you're a thief and a robber, the word of God says. Hallelujah.
I know the day will come that we in this nation, it's already happening. We already being persecuted. Hallelujah. But the fact remains that changes everything. He is alive. He is alive. There's a couple things about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that I want to leave you with today that I hope, amen, will help, amen, uh, change some things in your life, amen, and give you some assurance in your life, amen. The first thing I want to tell you and talk to you about that his resurrection assures eternal life for everybody. His resurrection assures eternal life for everyone, for everybody. Hallelujah. John chapter 14 and verse 19. This is the words of Jesus himself. He said, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Hallelujah. Because he's alive today. Hallelujah. You can have hope of eternal life. It's because that Jesus is alive today that if you've got some loved ones that's passed on, hallelujah, you can't see them again. Hallelujah. That don't come nowhere else, folks. That don't come no other way. Hallelujah. It only comes through Jesus because he's alive. Hallelujah. It changes everything. Hallelujah. Because I live, ye shall live. Also, I also want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 19. It says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Why? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ, whom he raised not up if, uh, uh, whom he raised not uh, up if so be that he, uh, the dead raised not. For if the dead raised not, then is uh, Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, Ye are yet in your sins, my Lord. Then they also which fall asleep in Christ are perished. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Can you take a moment, just a moment to imagine uh, today how miserable of a life we all would have? doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter what your status in life is, where you live, or anything else. But if you, if you had everything, would you imagine how miserable your life would be if Jesus had not rose again? How miserable would it be? I look back over my life right now, and there, there is literally a sea of faces that I can, that come into my mind. 
although they never they never was in this building, I can look out across this congregation and intermixed with everybody that's sitting around here. I can see the faces of those who've gone on, who once sat in our presence, worshipped when we worshipped. Hallelujah. They've gone on to their reward. How miserable would our life be if Christ hadn't rose from the grave? Because there would be no hope of a reunion. There would be no hope of you ever seeing that loved one again. Hallelujah. But Jesus came out of the grave just like he said. Hallelujah. He sent back the power of the Holy Spirit and put it in our lives to be a comforter for us, to be a help for us, to be a guide for us. And then he said, don't let your hearts be troubled that if you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am that you may be also. For I don't know about you, but that's shouting round for me. That's Crossing ground for me, hallelujah. Glory to God, when I think about that, I get too blessed to be stressed. His resurrection assures eternal life for everybody. But I read to you in Corinthians that he said, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Folks, if it didn't happen like I said, if it didn't take place like it's written in the book, then we're all a bunch of dummies sitting here today. Amen. Amen. Because all this stuff is vain. It don't mean nothing. Brother Paul, if he didn't resurrect it don't mean anything. It's empty. Oh, but the fact that changes everything is that he's alive. It changes everything. It changes the whole ball game. He's alive. But if he's alive, then that puts some pressure on me. I said that puts pressure on me. That I'm going to have to line up to what the book says. If I want to see him when he comes. If I want to be with my loved ones on the other side. I've got to line up to the book. Hallelujah. Another thing about the resurrection is obtaining resurrection power. And I, I, I want to lay into this for just a few minutes. Amen. Obtaining resurrection power. 
We read a while ago in Luke 24, verse 49. I'm going to read it again. Luke 24 and 49. Hallelujah. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The fact, the fact that changes everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here is what draws a line of division between the true churches of the Lord Jesus Christ and those that are only imitators. Hallelujah. Jesus told his people, his disciples that became his church. He said, I am going to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. He said, after you see me go away, he said, I'm going to send you to the whole world. Amen. To preach the gospel to every creature. He said, but before you go, you wait a little while in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Thank God for the Holy Ghost power. Can somebody pray? Religious denominations that call themselves Christian are telling the world a lie when they say they're Christian if they deny the power of the Holy Ghost. Because that's a fact that changes the whole thing. What is that power? Romans chapter 8. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, <laughs> if the spirit of him, we've established the fact that he rose again, he's alive. What power was it that brought him back to life? It was resurrection power. <laughs> I said it was resurrection power. Here's the fact that changes everything. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in ye, you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You see that? That verse lets me know something. When death captures his old body and they lay me in the tomb, I'm going to have to have the same spirit in me that was in Jesus if I ever want to be come out of that tomb again, do you hear? Because it's going to take that same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead, amen, to bring you up. If you ain't got it, you don't have a hope. You don't have a chance. Woo! I thought right now there's an old song going on in the back of my mind. I used to hear them old 
shouting folks shouting sang years ago hallelujah something about on that resurrection morning when the last trump of God shall sound I'll have a new body praise the Lord I'll have a new life sown in weakness raised in power ready to live in paradise my 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 hallelujah glory to God the fact which changes everything is that he's alive. He paid your debt. Now, I'm winding up. He paid the debt you owed. It doesn't matter where you've roamed, how far you've strayed. It doesn't matter what you have done. Jesus says, whoever comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Hallelujah. Do you know one of the biggest works of Satan is deception? He deceives people. And many times down through the years, I've heard people tell me, you don't understand, Brother Samuel, you don't understand, preacher. I've wandered too far. I've done too. Th- I, I, I do. I, I've done some some things that I've had. I had one person tell me, he says, "If I told you everything I everything I've done in my life, he says you probably wouldn't even talk to me no more." <laughs> Isn't that just like the devil to try to deceive somebody to make them think that the blood that came out of that spotless lamb is not powerful enough to wash away every sin. Oh, to take away the guilt and the shame. Oh, God. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. And if the devil or anybody else walks up to Jesus after you have accepted his offer of salvation and you become redeemed, amen, by faith, amen, and and through the grace of God, and somebody tries to bring up something, hallelujah, Jesus is going to say, what sin? What sin? Because our sins are cast in the sea of forgetfulness. Never. Never to be remembered against us anymore. And then the wonderful promise of the power of the Holy Ghost to be a comfort in our life. To carry us from earth to glory. To be a factor that if you go by the way of the grave, you're going to have something that's going to resurrect you up. Hallelujah. Oh, you mean you mean you mean tell me those people feel where the Holy Ghost has been dead a hundred to two hundred years? There's there's still a nothing there that's gonna raise him up. Well, uh there was an old testament prophet. <laughs> and that was under the old covenant. Hallelujah. 
The Old Testament people didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They had the Spirit of God on them, but they didn't have the Spirit of God in them like we receive. This prophet's name was Elisha. He lived his life. He received a double portion of the Spirit that was upon Elijah when Elijah was carried to heaven. And his mantle fell back. And he walked over and he picked up the mantle. And if you count the miracles that Elisha did and compare them to the miracles that Elijah had done, he, 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 they're exactly doubled in the scriptures. The last miracle performed by Elijah was after the man was dead and buried. They buried him. He'd been, and he'd been dead a while because there wasn't nobody left there. There was just bones. <laughs> and there was, there was, there was uh, an Israeli army had been in battle and, and a, a soldier had gotten wounded. And they was in the process of burying this man who died. Somebody looked and they saw the enemy coming. They said, hey, we got to get out of here. They, they're, they're just a handful of us. This, this guy's dead anyway. Just drop him on down in that tomb. Eh? They, they dropped that dead man down in that tomb, the Bible says. And when his body touched, not the body of Elijah, but the bones of Elijah, there was a quickening. Hallelujah. He got up. Amen. Step back up out of there. That's what the scripture is all about. That if the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken or it will make alive your mortal body also. Hallelujah. If I didn't have it today, I would get it. Glory to God. Come on, brother, brother Darrell. I want you to get this guitar. I'm going to close it out. The fact that changes everything. Jesus is alive. He's alive. And he's coming back. I seen something. I seen something in our bulletin. I don't I don't know where uh Sister Darlene got this at. But I was going to until the Lord led me in the direction I was in. Uh, let, me, let me find it. Mm, yes. You can, you can read it in your, in your bulletin. If you notice a scripture that when they went to the tomb and found found that the stone was rolled away. They went in, and there was the burial shroud that his body was wrapped in, and then there was a napkin that they would put over the person's face. 
Now, some people don't care to apply history with the scriptures, but you can make the scripture come alive. Jesus did that for a sign because every Jewish person knew what that meant. All right. They knew it exactly what it meant. Mm-hmm. You see... It had to do with the Jewish tradition's custom between a servant, a master, and their servant. When the master of a house would be eating a meal, sometimes he would get up to leave the table. And so the servant would know that he was coming back, he would wrap the napkin, lay it neatly in place on the table. So when the servant come in and they saw that, don't clear the table, you're going to get in trouble. I'm coming back. When he got up for the table and it was all over with, he would just wipe his hands in his mouth, wad it up and just throw it down. And so the servant would know to clean the table. He was finished. When Jesus took that napkin, <laughs> glory to God, and he wrapped it. He, he, right. he folded it. And he laid it over at a different place. Those Jewish people knew what that mean. He said, I'm not through yet. I'm coming back. Glory. <laughs> I'm coming back. Glory. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, I'm coming back. He's coming again. 